0: Hey folks, my name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors at Clearview Community Church. I wanna thank you for taking the time to join us today. Now, how many of you have family rituals, family traditions, maybe family sayings, maybe something passed down to you by your parents. Maybe you pray before a meal. Maybe you have Christmas traditions. We often do, favorite recipes. Maybe it's a saying like family cares for one another, live, laugh, and love. Something that speaks of who you are. Well, like many families, we have traditions, we have recipes, we have favorite foods. And one of the practices in our home is we pray for our kids before they go to school. That is, quite well, honestly, if we can get them out the door on time. And after we pray, we say, with each, say this to each of them. We say, remember who you are. And they respond, we're birds, and we act like birds, and we look for people who are lonely and we show them love. They say, I'm a leader, I'm not a follower. I will lead people into wise choices. I am brave, I am strong. I am courageous. I am confident. I will accomplish whatever I put my mind to. We've done this with our kids for years. It is our desire as parents to instill in our children the value that as as they follow Jesus, that he's called them to be leaders, leaders to those around them. That no matter what they face in life, what others may say, what our culture may be doing, we stand for what is true. We stand for what is just. We stand for what is right. But here's the reality. It's not always easy to follow God's direction against the cultural norm and popular opinion. If we're honest, we want people to like us, even as adults, come on, let's admit it. We want people to accept us. But as we're going to see today in the life of Jesus, he was not always popular with everyone and neither are we gonna be popular with everyone. Sometimes people, people don't like you, especially when you are doing the right thing in the face of opposition. And here is what I really want you to grab hold of today. Your greatest opposition comes when you are following Jesus into your greatest calling. So if you have a Bible, I want to encourage you to grab it out. We're going to be turning to Luke chapter 13 today. And as you're doing that, let me give you a little bit of context here. Jesus has been preaching and teaching and healing people in the region of Galilee. But in Luke 9, we read that Jesus now sets his face toward Jerusalem. There's a shift here. He he is making his way to Jerusalem to fulfill his mission of dying on the cross for my sin and your sin. And along the way, Jesus receives opposition from the ruling and religious authorities. So we get to our passage here, and in Luke 13, 31, we read this. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. Now, these Pharisees, the religious rulers, they come to Jesus and they basically say, you need to get out of here, you need to leave, because Herod wants to take you out. Now, we don't really know if this is a true statement. We know the religious leaders, they don't want Jesus around We know that they don't like Jesus. They're probably intimidated by Jesus. The people see something in Jesus, how he leads, and they compare him to the Pharisees, and Jesus is so much better. So what do they do? In this moment, they're actually pulling from an outside voice. Let's attempt to strike some fear. Let's let's bring back some family history here. Herod wants you dead. See, this is the same Herod who had Jesus' cousin John jailed and then later executed. Hear this. Ungodly opposition tries to instill fear, tries to get inside your head. In this case, it threatens death. It tries to make things sound worse than they really are. Now, the reality is sometimes we need opposing voices. Sometimes we're off track and we need someone to come alongside of us and say, hey, can I offer you a different perspective? Sometimes we need a different voice than the one we hear in our own heads. Opposition is not always bad. We should listen when we're challenged, but we need to understand, you need to ask, is this of God or is this not of God? Does it lead to God's calling or away from God's calling? Is someone trying to build me? Someone trying to help me? Or is it an ungodly voice, a voice that wants to derail you from God's calling? Is it critical and condemning? When you hear an opposing voice, it's so important to use discernment. Now, how does Jesus respond to this scare tactic? Well, verse 33, he says this. He replied, you go and tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. Herod may or may not have said these words. Like like I said, we don't really know. And now, even if he did say these words, he certainly wasn't sending these clowns to, to give the message. So what does Jesus do? Well, Jesus remains calm. He remains focused, but he knew how to call a spade a spade. Jesus was has called these religious leaders at times brood of vipers. He says, you slithering snakes. Jesus knew how to dish out an insult when needed. He was no pushover. Jesus says, you tell that fox Herod that I'm not worried about his threats. I won't be stopping what I'm called to do until I'm done my goal. I'm going to keep casting out demons. I'm going to continue healing people. I'm going to do that today, he says, tomorrow and the next day, for the foreseeable future until I reach my destination. Now, how many times when we are faced with opposition, our response is to engage, maybe to get our backs up, to defend, to lash out? When I face opposition, I want to snap back, I take it personally. And allow what was said to sometimes derail me from God's mission for life. Now, that's not to say you can't address a wrong. Jesus had no problem addressing people. But he always did so through the lens of his mission and his purpose. Listen, the best way to navigate opposition is to know with confidence the course you are on. To know the job God has given you. Why does God have you where you are in this season? Why has he brought you to perhaps a school you're attending or maybe your job or that neighborhood you're living in? What is he calling you to? When you don't know your mission, when you are unaware of your calling, you will be like a kite blown in the wind back and forth when faced with resistance. But when you know your purpose, when you can say with confidence, this is what God has for me in this season, in this time, for his purpose now, It doesn't matter what opposition I face. I will not be deterred. Jesus knew his mission. In verse 33, he says, In in any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. Jesus is speaking here about his pending death. He says, I'm actually heading to Jerusalem. I'm focused. I fixed my eyes on Jerusalem. I focused on my mission. I will die, but it's not here and now. Until the day... I'm going to, until that day, I'm going to stay my course. I am focused. Now, Jesus then quickly turns his attention away from Herod and perhaps to his real threat, to really what the main opposition against him was coming from. It it was coming from the religious authorities. In verse 34, Jesus says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, For hundreds of years, God had sent the prophets to the people of Israel on his behalf and many times with a message of repentance. The people had been doing their own thing. They had turned from God. They had been worshiping false gods and God would send a messenger to call them back to himself. But what was their response? They killed the prophets and they stoned to death those with God's message. Now the truth is, sometimes you and I are kind of like Jerusalem. Sometimes We are deaf to God's direction, God's call for us. We have our lives on this autopilot, and we are just going through the motions. We make other things ultimate in our lives. We are overwhelmed by fear, and we allow it to control our lives. And we begin to think, this is as good as it gets. This is all there is. And we refuse to allow God to lead our lives. When this happens, we settle for mere life rather than an abundant life. We stagnate. You can no longer see or hear the promise of new life because you're closed to the future God wants to lead you into. So catch this. Where there is no hope for the future, there is no life. Jerusalem and the religious leaders were closed to the message of God. They were closed to the leading of God. Folks, you and I need to ask ourselves, in what ways have we been closed to God's call for our lives? Jesus says, Jerusalem, you kill the prophets and you stone the ones God sent to you. How I've longed to rain down fire and lightning on your heads and punish you. No, he doesn't say that. That's not what Jesus says at all. When he finally sees Jerusalem, we're going to see later in Luke 19, that he actually weeps over the city. He is sorrowful over their short-sightedness. In fact, Jesus says in verse 34, how, I of, how often I've longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Jerusalem had been the center of God's affection for centuries and still is to this day. I want you to catch that. God has not turned his back on Jerusalem. They're still very much God's people. But in this moment, Jesus is heading to Jerusalem and they will ultimately reject him. They're gonna turn their backs yet again on the one sent by God. And not just any prophet this time, but the Messiah, the chosen one, the savior. Jesus knows they will reject him. But can you hear his heart for those who are lost? He uses that analogy of a chicken caring for her chicks. You ever been around chickens? My wife, Sarah, has a dream that someday we will have chickens running around our backyard. Now, it sounds great to her, It sounds like a lot more work for me. (laughs) But if you've ever been around hens and chicks and you've seen them, those little yellow balls of feathers, they they follow their moms around and they they know how to stick with her. They stick close to mom. They, They know that warmth and safety are with their mom. I read a story recently of a farmer who had chickens. And one night, unfortunately, the chicken coop caught fire. The next day he went out to survey the damage and he came across a hen curled up on the ground, but she was dead. And he thought to himself, what a dumb bird. I mean, it could have ran away. It could have got away from the flames. And so he takes his boot and he just kind of shuffles it and moves it aside. And out from under her body scurried four chicks. She had gathered her babies and wrapped them in her wings, or wrapped them around her and protected them. Folks, this is the heart of God for all of us. He wants us close, like a, like a hen with her baby chicks. This is what Jesus will ultimately do in Jerusalem when he goes to the cross. Jesus takes our punishment upon himself. The judgment we deserve because of sin and rebellion and our wandering from God, Jesus offers protection to us. So when Jesus gives this image, he isn't just saying how he feels about Jerusalem. He's actually describing what he's going to do. See, the the heart of Jesus isn't self-preservation. It isn't self-focus. It is a heart that lays it all down, even for those who are going to call for his execution. It is a heart that welcomes even those who would reject him. Jesus' spirit is one that stays the course despite the opposition because he knows his calling. So as I wrap up today, if you are a follower of Jesus, that same spirit lives in you. When you face opposition, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will lead you to understand godly wisdom and ungodly challenges. He will lead you to stay the course. The question you need to answer is, what is your calling? Every follower of Jesus is called to one of the same calling, is to share the message of Jesus to those around us, but each of us are also called to different things. For you, it could be in this season to pour into the lives of your children, to see them grow, to be adults that love and follow Jesus. It could be to work to the best of your abilities at the job God has placed you in. It could be to love those neighbors that just moved down the street. It could be to work diligently in your studies as you're at school. What has God called you to? Maybe, maybe you've been avoiding it because of opposition. When you understand God's call on your life, you're able to stay the course despite opposition. Because here's the truth again today. You will face your greatest opposition when you are following Jesus into your greatest calling. But following God is staying the course despite rejection and obstacles. It is leaning into the voice and the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill his call for your life. And now maybe you're listening and and you are not a follower of Jesus and Jesus was sorrowful for the people of Jerusalem because they were lost. Folks, the Bible tells us that all of us are lost. Lost to our own sin, our own rebellion, our own desire to live how we want to live. And Jesus lamented. He was sorrowful over Jerusalem and their short-sightedness. Yet he continued toward Jerusalem to love them. He didn't give up on them. So hear me. Jesus laments over us when we reject him. Jesus is calling us to a new life. The promise never goes away. Even when we don't respond, Jesus is still reaching toward us. So my question for you today is, have you accepted Jesus? Have you placed your faith in Jesus and believed in him, that he is God, that he lived a sinless life, that he died for our sin, and he offers a new life to all who believe in him? This is the invitation for life, for more life, for new life. I want to encourage you today to say yes to Jesus. I you join with me as we pray. God, I thank you that you have a plan for each one of us. You have designed us to fulfill our calling in our lives. Jesus, I pray that you would give clear direction, clear purpose for everyone listening. That they would see your hand on their lives. Follow your leading despite opposition they may face. For those who have never said yes to placing their faith in you, Holy Spirit, I pray they would send you wherever they are. They would know you. They would would feel you. That they would answer that call. And they would say yes to you. God, I thank you that you never give up on us, but that your heart is a heart of kindness, of patience, and love. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, my friends. If you have any questions, we'd love for you to reach out to us. Take care.